Dan, the Boundary Waters podcast is on its fourth season, and we've been sponsoring since the beginning. Can you believe it? Joe and Matthew and the team at WTIP have been doing a great job, and it makes me so proud to support them. Sawbill has had a long tradition of supporting community radio and the arts, dating back to 1957 when my grandparents Frank and Mary Alice Hansen founded Sawbill. That's a really amazing legacy, and we are so proud to follow in their footsteps of supporting local community while helping people from all over the world visit the BWCA wilderness. Speaking of footsteps, Joe and Matthew came up to Sawbill Lake early this winter for a winter camping trip, and we had a fun time seeing them off. The wilderness sees a lot less people in the winter, making it an especially peaceful and special place. I'm grateful for our long off-season living on the wilderness edge. Me too. It provides many opportunities to imagine our upcoming paddling season. Right now, we're actively hiring new crew members to join the Sawbill family and ordering all the fun merchandise we'll carry this summer in our store. Keep your eyes peeled on our website, sawbill.com, and we'll post some of the new items before the paddling season begins in earnest. You can also order maps from us and level up your planning sessions. We sell Mackenzie, Fisher, and Voyager maps in our online shop. And don't forget the professionally refurbished canoes we sell all winter long at sawbill.com. You can buy your canoe now, and we'll store it indoors for you until it's convenient for you to come pick it up. If you're trip planning and you have any questions about what we offer or about route planning in the Sawbill area, please feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email at info at sawbill.com. Dan and I are here year-round, as is our 11-year veteran crew member, Jessica. If you've ever read our newsletter, you know she is a wealth of information about this area. We're happy to answer any questions, big or small, whether you're renting from us or not. We just want you to have a successful wilderness trip. Okay, back to the episode. Enjoy Season 4 of the Boundary Waters Podcast, and thank you for supporting WTIP North Shore Community Radio. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 37 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm standing in the Boundary Waters, across from your host, Joe Fredericks. Indeed, here we are in the Boundary Waters. I'm here with your host, Matthew Baxley. Spaced out, lake trout opener, New Year's Day, and the start of a new season. For the podcast and for fishing, huh? Yeah, season (laughs) season four for the podcast and... Boy, I don't even know what season, if somebody's keeping track of the lake trout opener, but it's many a years, I imagine. Yeah, spectacular day uh, as we stand here with the sun 
just came up over this towering ridge line behind us. Pine, no wind, no wind. I mean, normally when we're recording out here, we're 30 yards from shore. We'd have to be going into shore to avoid the wind to record. We actually stepped out away from shore to get into the sun and because there's no wind. I mean, listen to this. It's perfectly peaceful and still. <laughs> you know, it's I love I love the winter out here. When you're looking out across an undisturbed lake with just the glistening diamond-like reflection of off the snow of the sunshine, it just has this magical glittery effect that you know also seems to absorb the little sound that does exist and especially on the east end of the boundary waters we get this beautiful topography of towering ridge lines with white pine that just look down upon us and for me makes me feel small and reminds me of how insignificant my individual problems are joe yeah it's great to be back out fishing. I'm, we've been doing some ice fishing already this year. We've, I mean, lakes froze up, but actually it was ice fishing on Halloween this year, believe it or not. And then, uh, of course, we were out on Thanksgiving, as uh, we heard on a recent episode, too. So um, th- there's no, you know, this isn't our first venture out onto the ice, but there is a, a significant event that happens when uh, lake trout fishing starts Indeed. in the Boundary Waters, and that's what's brought us out here today. Yeah, you know, I love it. This is sort of the all ice episode today. Mm. Uh, we wanted to start off season four, the winter season, with the winter episode. Uh, a little later in in today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about ice. As a matter of fact, ice skating, wild ice skating, as it has been come to be known as, and uh, perfect conditions as we've been talking about this year. And we're going to hear about the a venture into the wilderness on ice skates mm. uh, and all of the joy that comes from that unique and very rare experience in the wilderness. There was a lot of attention that got paid. Matthew, you were picked up, uh, shared some content on some other media across the state. Uh, people were sending in photographs. I think most media outlets, I mean, the biggest ones to the smallest ones had a story, a feature about this this phenomenon of this wild ice that you're talking about. And it was a short window, and, and you were out there well, pretty much every day for a while, and you were front yeah. front and center on that. So I, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, and it, I, I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, before we get into wild ice, we're going to be settling into the first part of this episode, which is the other part of ice, which is ice fishing. And when... The snow falls on onto that ice and covers it up. It it does mark the end of wild ice skating season, but then it also ushers in this time of really wild ice fishing. <laughs> and it, it's wild because we're in the wilderness, and it's wild because you know we you have to earn getting out here. Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw a party come in off the portage, just looking haggard. They were pretty. They they were, the stamina and maybe morale was down a bit it seemed <laughs> so, the abandoned sled <laughs> yeah, so it's to see this this human uh try to give a big jerk to move their sled after pausing for a break and just just fall face first onto the onto the snow-covered lake and sort of slowly get up and and then they just moved on and the sled's still sitting there all by itself and 
not quite sure what's happening, but that's the beauty of being out here is whether it's staring at the, the trees or the anglers or mm-hmm. even right down at the ice, it's a beautiful and peaceful time. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to make too light of, you know, I'm sure they're hurting over there, but it was kind of a roadrunner type leg spinning. and <laughs> It's nice when you're far enough away that you don't have to fully engage your empathic uh, mirror neurons. <laughs> you can just kind of... <laughs> Watch the show. <laughs> Chuckle. Yeah. But, you know, uh, today, it's it's fun. I, I'm excited, Joe. You have established yourself as the angler of this podcast. Mm. And, you know, year after year, I've had the pleasure of observing just really how meaningful these important mar- marks mm-hmm. in the year are, these marks that are in all, for today, it's the opener, and it is New Year's Day, which most people think of fondly as a restart. But for you, fully eclipsing that holiday is this very unique lake trout opener in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Mm-hmm. What does this day mean to you, Joe Fredericks? Well, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. It's it's come to mean uh, certainly it's a key part of winter. It's a it's a time for me to say, okay, you know what, my weekends can be booked from here on out, and in many ways they they are. I love fishing for lake trout in the Boundary Waters. It's one of my. I mean, it's just an amazing time of year, and you get this two week preseason essentially uh, that you can only fish for trout species on lakes that are located entirely within the wilderness line. Uh, So lakes like Seagull and Sag that are partially in, those seasons don't open today on this Boundary Water specific season. It has to be entirely within. And that that kind of challenges people. It introduces a different crowd sometimes as we as we saw probably Mm -hmm. uh you have to work to get in here you know you can motor up to the portage in some cases but still you got to walk in there's no two ways around it Mm -hmm. and um and it's always kind of a challenge and a you know it's just a a different it's it's typically very 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 cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's in early january Uh, it doesn't always fall on new year's day there's a a system in place that it's uh either like the saturday before or the the closest day to new year's a saturday or a wednesday there's a lot of kind of variables but sometimes it does fall on new year's day as it did in 2021 here and I've interviewed some of the conservation officer from the DNR uh, for WTIP in years past. I used to always do it, and we've just kind of gotten in a, you know, we know what they're going to say about it at this point, but about some of the history of it and uh, that they wanted to do it to kind of encourage people to come in and, and work a little bit harder and check out the Boundary Waters and have a different experience. And that's why this two-week preseason, for lack of a better term, was established. And uh, this this conservation officer who's now retired, he said that, you know, those numbers have, have gone down, actually, over the years. And he, he was kind of, you know, bummed out about it because it used to be a big kind of an event. And today, it, it you know, the weather's so ideal that I think that's playing a role in it. And it's a Friday, a longer holiday weekend. It falls appropriately that people could plan around it. And there's the factor of COVID and mm-hmm. the whole way that that those parameters have shaped uh, 
influx of people into the wilderness spaces this year, as we saw in the spring, summer, fall. And I imagine that's playing a role, too. It could be, yeah, just that more people are, are getting out and doing it, which is great because, the, the I mean, I... He was genuine when he said, I used to love and come and check 50 anglers a day on on a lake or between two lakes mid-Gunflint Trail. And then it was he'd get maybe two dozen and then a dozen and then a handful. He could count them on one hand. I remember he said that one time. And, uh, you know, I've been out here before with uh, our buddy Mike, who we were out fishing with it the last time we were out ice fishing in the Boundary Waters. Last March. Yeah, for uh, lake trout, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we've been out, it was 18 below one time, air temperature on on the lake trout opener. Him and I were the only people on the lake, you know, on I a day like that. skiing out to meet you in the dark one night. I had gotten off work and you were set up out here and I skied in via headlamp and followed your trail and... Mm-hmm. I remember that little bit of anxiety looking at the thermometer in my car and it was had just sort of dropped from zero to negative temps. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And, uh-huh. and actually it was brilliant. It was beautiful. And, you know, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But that, that I think some of those dynamics are like a legitimate, create a legitimate fear factor around venturing into unknown spaces. As, as you said, you know, it doesn't exist today. So we're looking at quite a few ice houses out here today and there's plenty of room for everybody yeah there is exactly we're not uh you know there's plenty of space and there's even some some spots where i've traditionally have seen people fishing where there there aren't so there's plenty of room it's not like it's a crowded scene but just seeing even you know a handful of people there's maybe looking just quick around 30 people i bet that we would see here on this big lake uh, and even that is sort of like, okay, wow, yeah, great people are out here, yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so the the opener, though, itself is, you know, it's the beginning of this longer season now. It goes until March 31st. So it's like that first day, uh, you know, I don't do too much hunting necessarily, but like opening day of hunting is a big thing for a lot of people in Minnesota and across the country, opening day of hunting. I feel that way about lake trout opener doesn't really matter. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more fish. You know, on opening day of deer season, I think there's an element of get out there before somebody else gets the buck. It might be an element of that. But in this, it's just about, you know what? We can now, it's something to do. We can go in there. Well, Joe, I mean, really, I'm going to give you an observer's perspective here. But mm-hmm. this is, in. I mean, your attitude and your mood around this is very much like a child. At Christmas time, (laughs) you know, like, you know, when Christmas takes on a different meaning as you get older and, you know, you learn that you can buy yourself a gift whenever you want, but you can't come out here and do this whenever you want. And there's, you know, I've seen you, I've seen you in the dumps waiting Mm -hmm. for this opener. And I've seen you the look in your eyes as it draws near. I mean, I saw the look in your eyes last night Mm -hmm. when you came over for a New Year's Eve bonfire and you're the tent was packed up. I mean, you were all packed and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and and then when after the midnight hit, you were packing up your snacks and heading home to go to bed. I mean, that's just, <laughs> you are dialed. And what so what's that feeling like? That anticipation and that childlike joy. Yeah. Well, it's just I I don't see that ever fading. I think it's just so much fun for me to come in here. It doesn't we're not even really fishing that hard. I mean, we got lines in the water, but and we've put uh, actually Mike's already caught one smaller lake trout, but it doesn't you know great if we catch some fish, awesome. 
but it's just so fun to be out here and moving around. This mm-hmm. is my winter thing that keeps me moving. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, as we've seen. This isn't some stroll through the park to get here. We don't use motors. We, we walk from the parking area here, and it covers some ground. You know, your heart gets going on the portage, That's definitely. pretty good. I a little overdressed slightly. Mm-hmm. Had to layer down. Yeah, so it's part of my routine. It's what keeps me moving in the winter is is ice fishing and particularly lake trout ice fishing in the boundary waters because it means I need to load up the pulk sled and do the whole process of labor and then you got to there's also a you know another part of drying everything out and it's just there's so much is work, but it's but the winter's long up here. So this is something that helps me get through it. I think that's part of why I look forward to it is I know okay we're in it now. We're in winter, and this is going to keep me busy and entertained and feeling good. Yeah, and, you know, there's an element that you particularly love, Joe, which is waking up on the ice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about the power of, you know, your trip doesn't really start in the wilderness until you wake up there. Mm-hmm. So what's what's that part of it like? How does that change from a day trip for you? Yeah, it adds that, uh, you know, there's still actually, I get uh, probably tonight when I do it solo in particular, and everyone is here, we'll have maybe four or five people total here today uh, that will leave at the afternoon and the sun goes down. And when it drops behind that uh, ridgeline across the way, there's, there's some anxiety that goes into settling into that. And now you're here by yourself. And it's dark, and the temps are going down, mm-hmm. and that's a feeling that I've really come to embrace mm. in a way. Um, it's I think it helps me in other situations when I have anxiety that comes up, or it's sort of, what is this? What? How am I going to get through this? Oh. I'm all alone! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I've I've really learned to celebrate it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I bring a, along a clunky old uh, iPod that still can pick up uh, the radio station, so I can always kind of tune that in if I need to hear a familiar voice or some tunes, uh, you know, late at night or whatever. If I'm tossing and turning, which doesn't happen much, or just to, for peace of mind, something to do too. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's part of it. Bring a book, you mm-hmm. know, a lantern, some some light, a candle. We've learned to really enjoy those candles Ugh. have brought a lot to this makes that dancing light on the walls and oh mm-hmm. plenty of light to read yeah but but you know you go to bed early and then the best fishing seems to be and this isn't always the case but it it does seem to be early early in the morning before sunrise and right at sunrise and the only other way to do that is to work and get here at you know four thirty-five leave the house at 4.30 at the latest in order to even get a chance to get here by 6.37. And, um, Sounds painful. It is. And, oh and we've done it many times. Yeah. And it's better just to stay on the ice, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because you're bringing you know, essentially the same amount of gear other than the cot and the sleeping bag, which, you know, is marginal. But uh, you're, you're locked in. And if you wake up early at 3 or 4, okay. I'm just going to start fishing now. Mm. You know, great, I'm up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, so you're not just sort of idly pacing around. There's always yeah. purpose. Uh, there's something to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I just love that. I love mm-hmm. that ability to, okay, if I can't sleep and I'm scared of, you know, whatever. The popping and groaning of the ice beneath your 
Yeah. Ice house. Or just the thoughts running through your head. Mm. You know, you can just put your line in and suddenly you're fishing and, you know, put mm. on the radio. and There you go. It's great. Happy place. It is. It's fantastic. What makes this type of fishing your favorite as opposed to, you know, we've had conversations about this versus canoe angling. Mm-hmm. And there's something that is really gets you about this that's different. I'd rather deal with cold than bugs. Mm. Uh, I can dress with appropriate gear and with our ice houses, we've got heat sources. I mean, the the cold is almost the least of my worries, to be honest with you. On a typical ice fishing trip, I'm not worried about cold because I know that I have layers and I know that I'll be moving. And when I get there, I'll have heat and shelter. Um, But, you know, bugs, you you can... coat up in DEET and bug spray or whatever you want to call it and um, nets and things, head nets and you know all that stuff. But you're also kind of at the mercy of the wind you know you need to anchor in if you want to or be trolling so you always have to be thinking of battling other elements rather than just getting to the spot and getting through the ice. It's like a, like you have a home base, a fishing base camp Mm-hmm. That you kind of create everything that you need to be comfortable. And then you can, I mean, you've talked about this idea of, you know, from that base camp, you can move all around. Mm-hmm. And you can just walk to the places you want to fish yeah. versus trying to have to paddle an anchor and, you know, try to deal with factors of the wind blowing your canoe around. I mean, mm-hmm. there's really, there's a lot of efficiency to it too that you've described. Yeah. And, you know, the way we fish here is, um, we use Vexlars, which is an electronic uh, sensor that shows us... It's like us... a sonar device, right? Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. It shows us the depth in our bluer and stuff. So we know to a certain degree what what's happening beneath us in the canoe. We don't always necessarily know what where our jig under the slip bobber is at. You have a pretty good idea, but not, all, you know, mm-hmm. not with all that certainty. And uh, you get snags as you're trolling, and there's just a lot of... it's. You know, there's pros and cons to each, but in yeah, ultimately, I mean, let, let's let's not forget that you love that all of that yeah. as well. <laughs> you just happen to love this more. Exactly. You love the cold more. You love the the energy of winter. I mean, you are a a man of the north, mm. mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but look around too. I think mm-hmm. that that's a big part of it. I mean, this is just spectacular. This, this is unbelievable. It's quiet never gets old this mm-hmm. this view and i've been on this lake now too many times to remember and i'm still in awe every time i'm out here yeah it's beautiful isn't it mm-hmm. well joe the winter in of itself is a special time in the wilderness and i love this idea that you know for you you've got phase one pre-season of pre-season mm-hmm. you're out fishing for walleye and northern you know, the same days that I was going out chasing wild ice, you were out, you know, figuring out where you're going to catch walleye in northern and mm-hmm. practicing your new northern fillet method. And yeah. and then now you have this season, mm-hmm. and then it'll open up to all lakes for lake trout. And yeah. really, it's just a, a cool way to always have something to kind of look forward to mm-hmm. that's connected deeply to the wilderness mm-hmm. and a way that... You know, in a world that's been pretty chaotic this last year, it creates some order. 
yeah, in particular this year, I think I'll probably be out uh, more than years past. You know, there'd be some days, eh, I don't really, I don't want to go. It's either, you know, it's windy or it's just I was out yesterday or the day before, the gear's still heavy and wet. And and I maybe I'm saying that because it's early in the season, the opener, but uh, I'm feeling that this year I'm going to be out here a great deal because... Because we're we're at home more. We're not. There's not a, a vacation on our calendar for for March. You know, a spring break getaway or something like that. So there's not going to be that planning around an extended time away. Mm-hmm. It's just still the reality of the pandemic, at least for our community here in northeastern Minnesota, is that we're still a ways out from from kind of getting over this entirely. So I'm planning to be through this uh through the ice fishing season march 31st that i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of difference between our reality now on january 1st and march 31st right on yeah well you know i think we should clear a little spot on this ice have a little lunch and listen to a whole nother journey on the ice that sounds great. And uh, while we're at, while we're going to transition into blades on ice, uh, we've got some new blades that we put on the auger. Oh, right. Oh, I totally forgot about new, that. New blades on the auger. That that's kind of our transition into this theme of blades and ice, and what a difference that made from drilling preseason for walleye and pike with God. some, you know, old. I think they'd had three seasons on those blades, and a lot of holes drilled through mm-hmm. a lot of ice, and uh, to put on these new ones today these swedish blades or you know where they came from are just like literally like butter cutting through the ice just oh my gosh yeah flawless yeah record time uh-huh we popped 10 holes just what normally you kind of by that third hole you gotta <laughs> stop and your shoulder kind of needs a breather and you gotta do one of these chicken wing dance <laughs> things that's, that's nice joe it's <laughs> a good dance and, uh, didn't know you had the moves yeah well i've done it so many times so mm-hmm. but now it's just great to have these new blades so we got new blades we're gonna probably get, be getting into some fish later on and if oh. not you know we'll just see what happens but uh, i'll be out here early morning and uh, looking forward to it and just so grateful to be out here. New Year's Day in the Boundary Waters 2021. This is awesome. Mm. Blades on ice. game as like ice skating is kind of like wild mushroom eating. I mean, there's a whole bunch of society that's just like, no. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. I'm not going to do that. And wild ice skating is one of those things. You know, you're going you're gonna to fall and you're going to kill yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. It's so not true and it's so enjoyable. Just like eating a, some sautéed chanterelles. <laughs> it's really tasty. I'm literally watching this crack follow us along right now. I think that's part of the sun today, too. It makes you want to not stand so close. To each other? To each other. And then it makes you want to hold on to another. Beautiful, isn't it? It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to the wind at our back. We're going to take part of our back. Maybe a little. Right now, we're pushing us along. God, it's 
but ooh, look at that crack just shot right through my legs. Right here, right? Yep. It's so fun to think about. What did you just feel? Just a big old crack and then it just shot off into the distance. Awesome sound. You can just feel it. And the, the lake is, the ice is lively. Doing its thing. What did it feel like, OB? Uh, you could feel like just a little micro drop in my heels and I could feel it all at my legs into my buttocks actually. Just, and it was that sort of like tingly, like all the hairs were raised on my body. Like, even though you know you're on good ice, you know, it just like, it sort of suggests level of kind of like hyper awareness you have when you're on ice. I didn't register that I wasn't going down. Like you said you felt the micro drop yeah. and I felt everything drop out from under me. Oh so, yeah? Oh! Okay now I'm still on the ice. <laughs> Thought you were going down maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we are at this moment sitting on the shoreline of Mountain Lake. A border lake in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It was about three hours ago that we met up to caravan up to the Clearwater Lake, a Boundary Waters entry point. The sun just peeking over a few of the trees as it rose to greet us while we put our skates on. We skated for Two hours down Clearwater Lake, popped our skis off, crossed the portage, heading north towards the border, and now down mountain where we were stopped in our progression by open water. What do you see in the distance? Well, we're looking across at Canada, and there's a um, there's a beautiful sheet of ice, probably the better, best sheet of ice we've seen uh, in the last week or so. And uh, there's open water to, to, in the distance. And then there's like a little open water patch just right out in front of us randomly in a bunch of good ice. Which just goes to tell you you got to stay attentive. But um, it's just beautiful wilderness stretching out with a big black sheet of ice. And it's so sweet because there's this sense of just this effortlessness that we could just travel where we wanted in no time. We could we could skate a mile so fast and then just be in a whole new spot in the wilderness really rapidly. It's a, it's a cool feeling. And I also see my friend Sven hooking us up with some nice coffee here on the edge of the ice. We got a stove going on the ice. I love that. Fire and ice right there in front of us. Making ice. You can hear the ice, especially on Mountain Lake with the vast amount of open water on this large border wilderness lake. Uh, with the, the wind out in the open and the waves of that open water hitting against the ice, there's this collision point between the ice and the open water that creates tension. And I think you add, you know, just a little bit of weight in these three human bodies when the ice begins to pop and crack as we pass over fissures in the ice and this ice that we're on is black ice and that essentially means it's transparent we're looking down at the bottom of the lake and as we 
skate over some of these fissures, they crack and they split and they tear off into the distance, though completely safe, give a terrifying, a terrifying experience of insecurity at that exact moment. But as you get used to them, though, as you get used to them happening, you can sort of tune into the sort of aesthetic of them and what's been happening for so long. I mean, that that, that sound of that crack taking off is almost this sort of like laser-like sound going off into the distance. And it's fun to, to, to know, like, those are sounds that have been occurring up here for so long and we get to be out here and enjoy them. And it's such a unique experience, you know. Because I don't think the lake's not the lake's not cracking like that. You know, once it gets thicker and thicker, you don't those little laser-like crack sounds. Those aren't happening the whole season. You know, it's sweet to be able to be here now and hear those. Especially at this point, where the conditions that have made this all possible are the fact that the lake is freezing and there's no snow. Yeah. And that snow can damper the sound and muffle the sounds. And right now, there's nothing between us and that ice moaning and groaning and popping and snapping it's just straight vibrations out into the world yeah it's awesome i mean this is the time of year where so many people are wanting snow and lamenting a dry beginning of winter but the skaters you know the skaters all know that this is sweet these are the conditions that we want for black ice skating and wild skating because you know the snow is going to come we'll, we'll all be happy we'll start skiing and snowshoeing and whatever but but the you know the true mana the beautiful the beautiful thing for this time of year is to keep it dry, keep it dry and cold. I wish it would get a little colder. It's been so warm. It's beautiful for today, but some really cold nights would be would be perfect. But um, I say snow stay away for now. <laughs> We've got a wind burner stove brewing some, boiling some water so we can brew some coffee and it's warm, uh, subjectively speaking, for a day like today, uh, but we are in the shade, uh, the aptly ma uh, named Mountain Lake. We are in the shadow of the mountain on the south shore, looking at the warmth of the sun across the lake. I think there was a point where OB here wanted to take off across all of that into the, uh, into the sunshine. and. We convinced him that illegally crossing the border would not be in his best interest. Uh, but we're going to settle in here, drink some coffee, eat some bars, uh, and just savor this peace and this quiet and the sounds of the of the ice talking back to us. For now, for now, I stay legally on the American side, but I, I reserve the right to go look at a tree or something in Canada. How do you feel about that? I say power to the people. <laughs> Shell Anderson! Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's all gather in one spot. Yeah. How you doing? Great. Nice to see you out here. Yeah, back at you. <laughs> we just came back from Mountain. Oh, good. Yeah, how was it? It was good. Hey Chell, what's happened with the with the wildlife out here right now? They're here we are. We, we, are, are, the we are the wildlife. Yeah, you're doing well? Really well. You. you as well. Alright, I'll let you guys go. Awesome. Bye Chell.
what I love about black ice skating, I feel like, um, there is I love how it uh, reconnects you to old friends and stuff. Like, yeah. I haven't seen Shell in a long time. And a bump into her out here, love that. Yep, it brings, I mean, especially during COVID, right? It's brought all sorts of community yeah. folks together. We're sitting here on the bank of Clearwater Lake on the edge of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. It was six. six hours ago that we pulled up in our vehicles, strapped on our skates. Hmm? I think it was seven. Seven hours ago. Pulled up in our vehicles, strapped on our skates, and headed out just as the sun popped up over the trees. It's been a beautiful day. Just get some highlights and some favorite moments going, huh? Yeah. Well, we made it down about, we went down all of Clearwater, went into the mountain, and went to the, down to the open water on mountain. So that was about, it was about, as I look at it, probably about six and a half, seven miles to get to there. And we just, I mean, that's the beauty of skating. I mean, we're all worn out, but it didn't feel like that hard on this beautiful ice. It was awesome. It's, it's such a quick way to travel. Yeah. Like you cover a lot of ground real fast. What makes this ice so effortless? Well, I think it's just, you know, I mean, when it's this glassy and perfect, the, the steel just goes on it, you know? I mean, it's just perfect and not too much wind, so that's kind of effortless. And Well, we had the wind at our that back, I guess, the way That out. tailwind helped us that on the way out. down. Yeah. I don't think it was effortless coming back. And the long blades, you know, we're all on those long blades, so we're getting that nice mechanical advantage. That's awesome. It's the only way to go out here. Right, and, you know, going back to this morning, you know, with just the, the sun coming up over the trees and just flying down the lake, the ice was cold, the day was cold, and it was fast. Yeah. It was real fast. And it was fun. Yeah. Just moving, you know, in and out, weaving it between each other, into the sun, into the shadows, um, across ice that, you know, looks black. When you're looking down through it close to shore, you see everything. Yeah. You see the fallen trees, you see the boulders, you see the rocks, you see fish. Yeah. What's uh, super fun is as you're going over the deep water... And then you come in or you go over a reef and all of a sudden that comes rushing up at you visually as you're looking through it. It's such a cool sensation. It's a little, it's a little disconcerting almost as that, that comes rushing up towards you and you can see every rock and it's an awesome feeling. I had the same thing with that white pine when I was chasing after you oh, yeah. across mountain and all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, what is that in the middle of the lake? <laughs> and we're in 60 feet of water and there's a, there's a white pine top yeah. right there. That was nuts. Well, it's very much like flying in this sort of way where the ground does drop away beneath you and rush up to you, and you're just flying on this sort of parallel plane yeah. above it all with this sort of effortless movements yeah. of the blades on this smooth black ice. Yeah. You know, see all of a sudden looking down at the top of a white pine. Yeah. Yeah, that's an experience that we don't get very often. There's a fix to the bottom, like 60 feet below you. Mm -hmm. It was like an 80-foot tree. It was in an angle. 
just that, hanging out there. That freedom to explore, you know, I think most of us grow up and most ice skating for most people is a rink or a cleared area. You know, later maybe they, a lake gets cleared out and you have a kind of a square area. But Shovel out the ice rink. Yeah. So this time of year, now you have this total ability very rapidly to go, I want to go check out that or this. That's that total freedom. I mean, that when I, you said about flight, that's, that, that's what I feel is the, mm-hmm. that freedom to just explore, you know. And in this context, you know, we have black ice and then this phrase that, you know, I've heard you coin, uh, wild ice. Yeah, I've heard you guys use that term a couple of times and so that's like the wilderness yeah. yeah we ski down Clearwater. we cross over the imaginary wilderness line surrounded by ancient white pine red pine cedar and then take off our blades and hike up and over a ridge and drop back down into another lake yeah, yeah. Yeah, that ability with the wild ice and with wilderness to kind of go anywhere as long as there's ice. Yeah. Like, you wanted to keep going. Yeah. And we probably could have kept on going sure. for a long way. A huge highlight, though, was that ridge that formed between Sven and I. Well, not between us, but while we were watching it. Yeah. We just watched this crack just all of a sudden grow and convulse and push right up into a pressure ridge right before our eyes and it was just the soundscape of that and the the palpable sense of energy that that needed i mean it was like there's probably five to six inches thick of ice that all of a sudden just pushed up probably about 12 to 16 inches into a ridge it's wild and then started to bubble water water was bubbling up behind it yeah I mean, it's just, it was, the energy of that was really palpable. I mean, you felt like you're, okay, definitely in the, into the, some of the bigger forces of nature here right next to us. You call that a highlight, but for a second there, I thought for sure that was about to be the low light. (laughs) (laughs) Does your uh, sort of nervous system have a response to that, Sven? Yeah, skate away fast. Mm. It definitely felt like like Lake could gobble. When I saw o- when I saw Obi start skating away, I knew that it had the potential to not be a situation we wanted to be in. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's a whole nother element of this is the sounds. Yeah. You know, when we got out onto Mountain Lake, and the sun was kind of coming up over the big cliffs that are on the South Shore, and started to hit the lake, and we're skating on this ice that no one had been on. And the pops and the snaps and the booms, you know, watching cracks kind of shoot off like between our legs and from one to the other. And that was a very uh, sort of raw experience to have to to do that and and just trust that this ice is thick and it's going to hold. And just a couple of booms, loud bangs that you knew were coming from a long way away. Yeah. Continue to snake across the ice until they reach you, or yeah. to snake away from you until they hit the opposite shore. And then there's nothing. Yeah, and there's just this like immense sound that sounds like something is happening. And then you look and there's nothing. It's still just ice mm-hmm. out there. And you expect to see like a pressure ridge like we saw form, which wasn't that loud. No, right. That was pretty quiet. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you feel, you feel it. You, you feel, feel the it. ice drop or you feel a shift. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep moving. Right. 
I mean, I like the way that you describe it. It's just dynamic. Yes. Out there. And it's so yeah. dynamic. And it doesn't look dynamic. It looks kind of like, it's like plate tectonics or something. Like, really? This is all moving? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, the amount of excitement we entered into this day was profound. You know, deciding to uh, not go to our respective jobs because these experiences on the ice, they're unique, they're rare. It's the kind of thing you have to be willing to say, like, nope, I'm I'm going out because this is the day to do it. Totally. Yeah. And now that we're at the end of this day on the ice, how does it feel? Right decision. <laughs> I mean, OB, you were talking about quantity and quality. This was both. Yeah, we got this a big was a day. Lo- this You're was right. a lot of both. Yeah, like like 14 miles by the time we go out and back. Yeah. Yes, you're right. That's a lot of black ice wild skating for sure. A lot of, <laughs> lot of time out and like here. Like the best we've ever experienced. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. For sure. so, I, mean, I mean, just like to check out of your work, to just check out of your normal day and to come into something like this. I mean, yeah, you're just, you're, you're out of the daily norm big time. Life will be there tomorrow. Yeah. And then a little moment, a day like this will just live on in your memory and, and have, a, have such a powerful influence for a, you know, sort of a short time. Mm-hmm. You know, relative to its time, it just has this big impact. Yeah, I hope that I remember this long after my hips stop being sore. <laughs> the day was fine and beautiful, and the lines were cleanly drawn between earth and sky and deep blue sea and a perfect blue white form across her swath of rhythm blue. A frozen glacial stream. Good evening, you guys. I just wanted to record something here quick. The battery's running low on the task cam, and I was going to do the outro to the episode back at the studio, but I wanted to close down the episode here on the ice. This is a continuation. Joe out here in the ice house. It's New Year's Day night. Uh, just so great to hear Matthew's ice skating story that brought him so much joy in 2020 and, and just sitting here reflecting on all the things that we've been able to do in the Boundary Waters that have brought us joy and helped us get through what was just a rough year, obviously. I mean, that's almost cliche at this point to say 2020 was rough, but it was. It was for a lot of people, and um, the Boundary Waters was such a healthy place for Matthew and I to to come and share stories and talk with people about and and just brought us together with so many interesting people as it has every year and to be able to start season four out here in the boundary waters has been amazing it's it's about eight o'clock on new year's day night like i said and uh, matthew and jeff and Lindsay and maggie and mike have all gone home i'm the only one that's out here spending the night and it's just beautiful i have a, a tip up in and uh, another line in the water too so I've got two lines going we don't usually catch too much out here at night but I'll be here in the morning to try to get on that morning bite which tends to be the best and I've got a, a magazine the Boundary Waters Journal just came so I'll be reading that tonight And got uh, WTIP I can pick up on the Gunflint Lake Tower so I'll be hanging with some tunes and familiar voices through that and it's just very comfortable it's it's in the dropping down now into the teens outside but you can maybe hear the heat running in the background. I've got my heat source. I'm about to take off the boots and 
uh, put on some different long underwear, you know, pajama type stuff, and crawl into the fleece liner and then into the sleeping bag and uh, just hunker in for the night. And it's just been such a great day out here with friends and, and loved ones. And uh, we caught some nice fish at the end of the day, too. Some beautiful lake trout. We'll be going in the skillet uh, with Jeff. Took him home. and It's just uh, so many good things on a day like this to, to look forward. You know, New Year's Day now. We, we didn't hardly talk much about looking back or New Year's Eve or, you know, 2020 or any of that. It was all about in the moment New Year's Day celebration. Such a beautiful day and, and really looking forward which is uh, what we want to be doing on the podcast. And thanks so much for, for tuning in always. We we have such a great time putting this together for you and the paddling community or anybody that's listening to this in any platform. Uh, just thank you for being a part of the Boundary Waters experience just by listening. You, you're now part of what goes on out here in the Boundary Waters, and that's really cool. That's why we started the podcast is just to uh, share that uh, with a broader community. So I think it's appropriate now to tune on some Ian Tamblin. Uh, I'm going to let him carry you out as I get back to a couple camp chores here before I settle down in for the evening. And just feeling really grateful tonight on New Year's Day 2021. This is uh, Joe Fredericks out here in the Boundary Waters overnight camping on New Year's Day. Uh, on behalf of Matthew and I, thanks so much and hope New Year is treating you just as well as it's been treating us. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Thinking if the strokes are true, we're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Oh, rule me, rock me in my dreams. You can rule me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. I Play the fool if I got the chance All around The campfire light All around The campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light note here for all you listeners we really appreciate you thank you so much for your support if you want to check out more of wild ice skating in the boundary waters and your imagination isn't enough click on the link to see the video 
of this epic tale we heard about in today's episode. And for more videos like that, check out our Patreon page and our Instagram account. Thanks again.